When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. What is going on, everyone? My name is Andy. Welcome back to another FPL video. In this one, it's some of my early thoughts ahead of the Game Week 14 deadline. So I'm going to go through some of the key players people are talking about, some watch list players as well and some of my notes from the weekend so if you enjoyed the video make sure to give it a like and hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already and don't forget to check out fantasy football hub they've got 30 percent off at the moment and a 30 day free trial as well all the links you need are in the description below so let's start off with son who's a player that i kind of get the feeling a lot of fpl managers are already done with basically and they want to sell him it's three blanks in a row now he costs 9.7 million he's quite expensive and without Madison, there's this narrative going around that he's no longer an FPL option. That seems to be the general sentiment. Of course, there's a lot of people like me that think he's still worth um, kind of holding on to. For the match against Aston Villa, I would say he was a little bit unlucky not to walk away with at least one return. I missed the first kind of 15, maybe 20 minutes of that match. But even the rest of the game that I saw... I'm not quite sure how he didn't walk away with a return. And I think if you watch that game and you didn't own Son you probably consider yourself a little bit lucky that he didn't get a goal or an assist. Now, I don't really buy the fact that he was close to, an, uh, to a hat-trick because of all the offside goals. At the end of the day, if you're offside, you're offside, right? That is something that Aston Villa try and catch you out with. But I think to not get anything was a little bit harsh. I think the main takeaway for me from that game was that Spurs did go on the attack even without Madison. Of course, you would rather that he was in the team, but having Lo Celso in there was a bit more emphasis on creating those chances, of which there was quite a few in that game. So I think, look, the Chelsea game wasn't great, obviously with the red cards, um, Spurs down to 10 and 9 men for a lot of that game. That wasn't a fantastic match. The Wolves game wasn't great either. I think the Aston Villa game was quite encouraging. Of course, they do have Man City away this week, which is the toughest game you're going to get on paper. Maybe Arsenal away as well, um, which isn't great. But after that, it's West Ham at home, Newcastle at home, so back-to-back -back home games. On paper, not the easiest matches, but I would always back Spurs to do okay at home. Then it's Forest away, Everton at home, Brighton away. Over a period where there's lots of games in quick succession for a player that's probably going to start all of them, get 80 to 90 minutes and should be on penalties. I just think 
I think my overall feeling with Son from an FPL point of view, you need a good reason to get rid of him. You need a good player that you're bringing in. And I think sometimes, like, this is going to sound really obvious to a lot of people, but I think sometimes FPL managers focus too much on who needs to be sold rather than who needs to be brought uh, brought into their teams. And I do think there's a subtle difference there. I think you can say to yourself, Son is not returning for a player that costs 9.7 million. He's not delivering on that price tag. And that's absolutely fine. But who are you bringing in? That is the key question for me. Now, if you don't own someone like Saka or maybe Jared Bowen, they seem to be the two players that people are looking to bring in, possibly in Burmo as well. Maybe there is a... I don't know. Maybe that is a viable move to then also have extra money to spend elsewhere. I think that is perfectly reasonable. But if you're someone that's already got those other players... And bearing in mind, we don't even know if Bowen's going to be fit for game week 14 yet. I'm not really sure where the rush is to buy somebody else. So if I look at my team, for example, I've got a midfield of Salah, Saka, Son, Imbermo, and Palmer. Like, I could sell Son down to, I don't know, Bowen, and then upgrade Palmer to, like, a Gordon or something like that. But it doesn't feel like an absolute priority move that I need to make. And obviously, everyone's in a different position. So to answer the question, would I sell Son to Saka? I'm not sure I would. Would I sell Son to Bowen? I really don't think I would, unless I need that money for another big move. And Imbermo is pretty great, and I think a lot of people should be looking to try and get him in this week. But he also blanks in game week 18, a week where Son plays Everton at home, so I'm not even sure I would make that move. And if I look at the fixtures this week, I wouldn't want any other Arsenal player apart from Saka, not for Son at least, given what he offers. Just talked about Imbermo. I don't think anyone wants midfielders from Burnley, Sheffield United, Everton... You've got Gibbs-White, possibly, from Nottingham Forest. But are we really at the point where Son to Gibbs-White is a good move? I don't think so. Gordon's a great option if you've got him. I don't think he's like a massive need to bring in if you've got Son. Nobody wants Rashford or Fernandes right now. And I could go through the rest of the players, but the kind of general sentiment from me on selling Son continues. It's not about whether he needs to be sold. It's about who you can buy that is a definite better option. And I just think... There was encouraging signs in that Villa game. And I also think, by the way, if Son had scored one of those chances, let's just say one return, we probably wouldn't be talking about selling them at all. And do you know what the next narrative would be? The high line for Man City and Son being able to get in behind that we've seen him do before. And I know people will think, well, you know, there's no Madison, so how are they going to do that? But we saw yesterday with Lacelso that it can be done. And obviously, City's going to be a tougher game. And to us, I'm not expecting returns from Son in that match. But I think the narrative would be different if he just got one of those chances converted against Aston Villa. And I think the run afterwards on paper is not that bad, given that he should start every single one of those games. And a lot of players you might be thinking about bringing in, there's not that guarantee or there's not a guarantee of minutes and stuff like that. So I think going to Saka is reasonable. I think going to Imbomo is, uh, is reasonable as well. As long as you've got a good use of that money for something else. There's not many other players I would bring in for him. Obviously, Salah, of course, but he's a lot more money. You've got to consider that. So I think my general feeling with Son is you should probably keep him. Focus more on who you're wanting to buy rather than who you're going to sell. Like I saw a comment on stream yesterday that said, he's not worth the money, he's got to go. And there's loads of players you can take a punt on. And of course, it's your FPL team. If you want to take a punt on a player like Kudus or something like that, you absolutely should. But I don't think there's this massive need to get rid of him. That's just my feeling anyway. You know me. I'm happy to keep hold of players that I think are going to be good long-term, that have shown in the past they're good FPL options. Sometimes it doesn't work, like with Fernandes and Rashford. Sometimes it does. I'm hoping with Son that it does. 
All right, let's stick with Spurs and talk about Pedro Porro, who's a defender that I would like to get into my FPL team sooner rather than later if I can. Now, there's no rush to do it in game week 14 because Spurs are playing Man City away, so one of the toughest fixtures you're going to get all season as a defender, plus they're still missing Romero. But the reason I want to talk about him is because from game week 15 onwards, I think he's a good option. And the moves that you'll make this week might dictate what you can do from game week 15 onwards. And at 5.3 million... It's not that he's expensive, especially compared to like a Trent or a Trippier, but I think money is quite tight right now for a lot of people. So you might need to consider how you're going to get him in if you want uh, if you want him in your FPL squad. Now, to be fair, although they'll have Romero back from game week 15, they're still going to be missing Van der Ven. And actually, I don't necessarily think that from game weeks 15 to 19, the fixtures are that great for a defender. So Spurs have got West Ham at home. Newcastle at home, Forest away, Everton at home, and Brighton away. So that's the five fixtures after Man City this week. I think if you're hoping for clean sheets, it's probably in the West Ham, Forest, and Everton games. I don't see one against Newcastle, and I don't see one against Brighton. But all that being said, even though the other three fixtures are still quite tough, when you factor in everything else in terms of the other defenders that you could be looking at, I think Poro has to be right up there as one of the top options. So if you look at the fixture analyzer on fantasy football hub and if you want to check this stuff out and all the other tools links in the description below 30 day free trial at the moment right if we go from next week so game weeks 15 to 19 and i order it by clean sheets there's plenty of teams that are above spurs right so newcastle absolutely but who are you going to buy trippy is a lot more money and i feel like at this point you've either got him already or you can't afford to get him in without kind of a major restructure of your squad you could go for fabian share and I actually don't mind that as an option over Poro. But outside of that, you're going for someone like Liveramento or Lascelles. And their place in the team is all um, kind of... Basically, they're only in the team because of injuries, right? Is what I'm trying to say. Now, for Liveramento, Dan Byrne might be out for a little while. But he's also got Lewis Hall competing with him. And with Botman, we still don't really know how long he's out for. It could be ages. And Lascelles might be a great option. But there is a risk in doing that. So Newcastle, great. But obviously, you've got those issues I've just talked about. I do like Fabian Chair. I think he is being a little bit overlooked, given what he offers. You've got Man City, which are always going to be right up there in terms of clean sheets because their defense is so good. So you could look at someone like Kyle Walker at 5.3 million. He's played 90 minutes in every game so far. But also remember that they blank in game week 18. And you've probably got to carry other players through, like Harden and Burmo as well. Arsenal, definitely good. Um, Saliba, Gabriel, you could look at them. Chelsea... From game week 16 onwards, the fixtures are good. But who do you go for? Reese James is now suspended, so you're not going to buy him this week. He's also very injury prone. Again, I don't mind him as an option versus Poro. But with Poro, I think the minutes are a bit more secure. And he's on all set pieces, which isn't necessarily the case for Reese James. Although he probably will take some. Uh, and then you look at other defenders. Thiago Silva, when fit, should start pretty much every game at 5 million. But not that exciting from an attacking potential or perspective. And also... Will he start all those games in December when you've got midweek fixtures as well? Possibly not. And then Colwell could be a good option. He started a lot of games. But Kukure is playing all right at left back. They've got Badi Ashida back as well who can play left centre back. So there's no guarantee there either, right? And I can go through all these teams, but that is a similar feeling. Like Liverpool, if you want to play around Poro's price, you're looking at Simicast. Will he start all the games? Canate and Matip definitely won't. Man United, I think you've missed the boat on them. Then you've got Brighton, no clean sheets all season. Dunk suspended now for, I think, two games. 
And then you get to Spurs next on the list. So that is why I think Poro is really worth looking at. Do I think Spurs are this great defence with great fixtures? No, I actually don't think that. And I think Van der Ven missing is a big issue. But Poro's minutes are secure. His attacking potential is definitely there. Like anytime you watch Spurs, he's always really advanced. And that is why I like him over this December period. And I think for 5.3, for anyone that's got cash, for example, that is a pretty good move from Game Week 50 and onwards. But you're probably going to have to find some money from somewhere to do it. So I think over December, despite the fixtures, he's one of the best options because of what he offers overall. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, let's have another conversation about Julian Alvarez. And I say another conversation because I feel like I've spoken about him quite a lot over the last couple of weeks. And my general feeling has been, for most FPL managers, it was the right move to hold on to him. I know it hasn't worked out that well, but I feel like that was the correct decision. Unless you had money to upgrade to like a Watkins or someone like that, there wasn't a pressing need to sell him to a different forward. And look, he has blanked again this week. It's only one assist in the last four game weeks. But in game week 13, if you didn't have any money to upgrade him, who would you have gone for? Probably Solanke, and he's just blanked against Sheffield United. So the grass is not always greener, but I do fully get the frustration that owners have at the moment. One assist in the last four games is not great. I think the biggest frustration is that over the last two to four seasons, if you've played FPL, how many times have you tried to get a nailed Man City attacker And then one looks like they're getting regular starts and then all of a sudden they'll be benched and then they won't start for a few games. And what do we keep calling it, right? Pep Roulette. And then this season, Alvarez and Foden are getting regular minutes, but the returns just aren't quite to the level that we've come to kind of expect from Man City players when they get minutes. Now, I still think over the course of the season, Alvarez has done okay and he's perfectly capable of getting multiple returns. We can see over the season so far, he's at 5.23 points per match. It just hasn't happened recently and the underlying numbers are not amazing but they're still okay for a player that only costs 7.1 million that is still getting regular minutes like we look against Liverpool 0.23 expected goals 0.26 expected assists wasn't great against Chelsea but 0.96 expected assists against Bournemouth wasn't great against Man United 0.32 expected goals against Brighton now I think that's okay for a 7.1 million pound player but it's not maybe as good as you would expect from a Man City player. So maybe there's just something not quite right there. Maybe that position in that number 10 role instead of De Bruyne is not really working out. But I still feel like you've got a, what looks like a nailed Man City player for now, attacker, with pretty good fixtures coming up. Again, is there that pressing need to sell him? If you've got the money to go to a Watkins or an Isaac or a Darwin, fair enough. If you're sick of Alvarez at this point, you need to get rid of him anyway because of the blank in game week 18, when obviously Man City aren't playing because their game against Brentford was postponed, then fair enough, right? I wouldn't argue massively against it. But if you're having to get a forward for 7.1 or below, I still think the answer is probably Solanke. And you've missed the Sheffield United game. Now, I know he blanked anyway, but you've missed that one. On paper, that looked good. Villa at home, Palace away, Man United away, next three game weeks. Is that better than what Alvarez has got? Spurs at home, Villa away, 
and Luton away. I think it's pretty close, if anything. And to be fair, Slanky has the minutes, and he's on penalties as well. But from everything we've seen so far, Alvarez is going to continue to start. I guess the real test will be game weeks 14 to 16, because at times Alvarez has been rested in the Champions League for midweek games. So will he play all three Premier League games? We're about to find out, and I cannot guarantee it. We need to see it first. Because if he does get rested for Palace, then it could happen again later on as well. So that would be my worry. So I don't think I would sell him this week unless you're spending more money. So we'll talk about Isaac a little bit later, probably a little bit more tomorrow as well. Darwin's got the fixtures for Liverpool and he seems to have regular minutes. And obviously Watkins is just consistent. But Watkins fixtures are about to get a little bit tougher as well. So I don't know, it's just one of those, I feel like, Let's say the season was just beginning now, and I told you that Alvarez was going to play the next four games and start every single one of them. Spurs at home, Villa away, Luton away, Palace home. You probably wouldn't turn that down right. A nailed Man City attacker, when you say that out loud, it sounds like exactly the thing we want for FPL. But obviously, we have seen what's happened over the last few weeks, and maybe maybe it's just not the one at the moment. But I, I really feel like it comes down to who you're selling him to. I think Solanke is okay, but I don't think it's a massive priority move to make. You need that money to upgrade to someone else, I think. All right, so I'm just going to end by going through some of my notes from the weekend. Now, there are some key players that have picked up their fourth yellow card. So if they get one more, they'll be suspended for one match. So Matty Cash is one of those players. A lot of people own him at the moment. It's not really a big issue because you're definitely going to get the Bournemouth away game anyway. And the fixtures get trickier after that. And I don't think anyone's looking to buy him right now. But it is worth just keeping in the back of your mind because the more players you've got on four yellows the more potential issues you've got down the line trippier is another one and probably the biggest one again if you've got him you don't really worry about it. you just wait until that fifth yellow happens and then decide what to do with him but if you're thinking about bringing him in that does kind of put a question mark over whether he's a good transfer at the moment i think generally my thoughts on bringing in players on four yellows is they've got to be a lot better than the alternative because you could bring them in and then lose them straight away, which wouldn't be ideal. We've been here plenty of times before. The one player that always sticks out in my mind is Diogo Costa for Chelsea many years ago. I didn't bring him in because he was on four yellows. He went like five, six matches, kept absolutely smashing it. And every week you don't bring them in, you feel like you definitely can't bring them in the week after. But there's also plenty of players where we've brought them in on four yellows and then they've got suspended very soon afterwards. So generally, I would try to avoid them. You can see on the main FPL page the players that are at that kind of mark. So Luca Dean is another one. Douglas Louise is also on four yellow cards, I believe, um, for midfielders. like Players like Gordon have already kind of served their suspension. I'm not sure how many other... Yeah, Raheem Sterling's another one because Chelsea's fixtures are about to get pretty good. I think a lot of people are looking at Palmer, but I think that Sterling at 7 million is definitely someone to keep an eye on. Again, it's that balancing act of do you just go for it for the fixtures and the differential or do you wait for him to get that yellow card and then get suspended? I think there's still, despite the potential Eze and Bowen injuries, there's still plenty of midfielders to look at. So I wouldn't be in a rush to get Sterling. But again, if you've already got him, you're probably not too worried. And obviously, Nicholas Jackson's already on seven, which is absolutely crazy. Um, other players that are on four... Bruno Fernandes, so I don't think anyone's looking to bring him in right now. And then for forwards, there's not really a huge issue. Players like Watkins, Gabriel Jesus, they're only on two. So it's really just Trippier and Cash and maybe Raheem Stern that I'd be keeping an eye on. Some people will want to know when that threshold increases. Your club has to have played 19 games 
and then the threshold goes to 10 yellow cards, right? So that's kind of the mark you're waiting for. There's a lot more games to be played before these players hit that. Um, Diaby, obviously, halftime sub. I'm going to talk about him a bit more tomorrow, but general feeling is don't panic on him too much. Sure, if you want to sell him to Imbermo, fair enough, because he's a great option. But I think Diaby will start that Bournemouth game, and on paper, it's pretty good. Harry Maguire, dominance. Three clean sheets in a row. He's been absolutely great. I think generally you've missed the boat on Man United defenders. They don't have too many great fixtures coming up. Obviously, Allison, Eze and Bowen all have injuries from the weekend. Obviously, Bowen's kept him out of the squad anyway. I think my general feeling is I would keep him if he's fit. Um, with Eze, you've got in Burma, you could go to Gordon... Uh, Palmer we don't yet know how long these players are out for so I know people really want to know what to do with those players but it's hard to say until we get more information on Allison. if he is out Kelleher is only 3.9 million which is crazy that Liverpool's backup keeper is so cheap uh, but I think Allison would have to be out for a long time for that to be worthwhile because you're blocking a third Liverpool spot which right now you might not want but at some point in the future you possibly will uh, and that could just cause you issues down the line. So I definitely think that Turner to Kelleher would be in my thoughts if Allison is out. But he'd have to be out for a while to, for it to be worth a transfer. Uh, Dunk is suspended, I think, for two games. Um, and Reese James is out for one uh, one because of two yellow cards. So just keep that in mind. You, I don't think anyone's buying those players this week anyway. I would say relax with Anthony Gordon. I think people have been like, before Bournemouth, I said this on the stream yesterday, before Bournemouth it was like, let's captain him. After Bournemouth it was like, should we maybe sell him? And now he's done really well against Chelsea. I just think Anthony Gordon is a really solid FPL pick for that price. I think he's up to 5.9 million now. Um, but I also think he's not essential. He's not a panic to go and buy. Like, if you need a player around that price, like let's say you want to sell Eze and you've already got him Burma or you don't have the money to go to him, you could look at Palmer, but you could also look at Gordon as well. But for most people, you don't need to rush out and buy him. And if you've got him, just keep hold of him. His minutes are going to be good. Maybe that changes once Harvey Barnes back, but let's wait until that happens. So I would say chill out with players like that. They're perfectly reasonable just to hold on to for the longer term. Uh, in Burmo, not essential, but he's definitely one of the best midfielders you can bring in this week. And I would ignore Trossard. I don't think his minutes are secure uh, necessarily, even though he's done well again. So I guess if he keeps performing like this, then he could keep playing. But it's not as a number nine yesterday. It wasn't... Was it Saturday? I think it was Saturday. It wasn't as a number nine. It's not on the left. He was playing as an eight. And I don't know if that's going to continue. So I just think I would ignore Trossard for now. He's not... Like, he is a nice differential if he keeps getting the minutes. But I just think it's too risky, especially with the additional matches. So I'm sure there's plenty of that stuff to cover in more detail over the coming days. There's other stuff to talk about as well. We've got transfer tips tomorrow. Team selection on Wednesday. Game week preview on Thursday. Final thoughts on Friday, deadline stream on Saturday, so make sure to check out all that. Subscribe if you haven't already on YouTube, much appreciated. Give the video a like if you enjoyed it. Make sure to rate five stars if you listen on podcast. You can check out Fantasy Football Hub, links in the description below. Otherwise, I'll catch you again tomorrow. Sports Social Podcast Network.